Welcome to the Enlightened Discipline Podcast with Scott Stoffer, a certified financial planner in Silicon Valley. The Enlightened Discipline Podcast is about moving you and your family towards better wealth. This podcast is purely educational. It's Scott's way of paying it forward, helping people make better financial decisions. And now, on with the show with Scott Stoffer and co-host Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome. We're going to continue with the 10 steps to a better investment experience with Scott Stoffer at Better Wealth. We're going to talk about number four today, which is let the markets work for you. Scott, let's dive right in. Thanks, Matt. You know, a quick little review in the first three steps to a better investment experience. Number one, you know, we talked about market, understanding market pricing, and it was the story of a pencil and really breaking down how millions of participants buy and sell securities in world markets every day, and, and that real-time information helps set prices. In step two, you know, we looked at how the collective knowledge of the market is smarter than any one individual, any one money manager, and, and therefore, you know, the second step, you shouldn't try to outguess the market. Number three, we talked about, you know, all the academic evidence showing that finding past winners in terms of, you know, mutual funds may not help investors identify future outperforming funds. So this idea, step number three of chasing past performance is just not a good idea. At the end of that podcast, we said that you're much better served building your wealth by, quote unquote, letting the markets work for you which is our step four to a better investment experience. And, and everything that we need to know about letting the markets work for you is in a glass of milk. Okay, dude. So <laughs> before you told us about pencils, we talked before that about a jar of be- be- jelly beans. You, you actually talked about the weight of an ox, and now that you're telling all of our listeners that things are – Letting the market works for you is is in a glass of milk. So, okay, dude, come on, break break yeah. this down. And, and I'm wrong. It, it's actually seven tablespoons of milk, not a glass of milk. Um, <laughs> but, but the idea here is we're talking about why we invest and understanding how capital markets work in the long run. And and you know we've got uh, in our podcast notes we have a nice graph that's going to you know show you uh, some pretty common things that I think most investors have seen. But in this in this graph, it really shows the growth of a dollar from 1926 to 2015 compared to what the return of that dollar would have been if it was invested in, in U.S. Treasury bills, U.S. long-term government bonds, U.S. large capital stocks, or, or U.S. small capital stocks. We have all the disclosures in there that, that show those things. Okay, uh, but you haven't talked to us about milk, so what's going on with right. the graph, and where's the milk, man? Yeah, yeah, so the graph, you know, really what we're trying to say with the, the glass of milk or the seven tablespoons of milk is that in 1916, a quart of milk cost nine cents. In 1966, that nine cents would only buy you a small glass of milk. And in 2016, the nine cents gets you seven tablespoons of milk. And so what we're really talking about here with the graph and, and with the glass of milk is this thing called inflation. And, and it acts like a constant headwind. And we fight it every day, but a lot of us, we don't see it every day. We see it over the long run, but day in and day out, we're just used to that wind blowing in our face and, and we don't see it. So this graph shows us that our $1 in 1926 
grew to $13 in 2016 with inflation. So if you had kept that $1 under your mattress and you didn't do anything with it, you know, it, it didn't really do much for you in terms of fighting that headwind that we face every day but we don't always see. Now that graph shows us that if we had actually taken that $1 and put it into U.S. Treasury bills, it, it grew to be $21. If we had invested it in U.S. long-term government bonds, it grew to be $109. If we had it in U.S. large cap stocks, it grew to be $4,673. And if we had it in U.S. small cap stocks, it grew to $17,474. So the story of the glass of milk and this chart is, is trying to show us that, yes, investing means taking risks, but not investing means taking risks as well, too. And the important concept here with letting the markets work for you is not so much the specific numbers or the returns, but the fact that capital markets build wealth over the long run and that markets do work. Dive into that a little bit more deeply. Let's unpack that. How and what do you mean by making capital markets work? That's a good question. You know, investors really provide capital in exchange, right? They provide that capital and in exchange for that, they expect to receive compensation for taking on those risks. However, not all those risks are worth taking and investors should only bear their risks for that which they are adequately compensated. You know, and companies compete for these investment capital dollars. You know, there's millions of investors, you know, competing to find the most attractive returns. You know, there's markets quickly incorporate all that information from this competition into security prices. And so, you know, the investment capital that we see normally falls into, into two uh, sort of categories. You know, it, it falls into what we call fixed income and, and what we call equities. And so lots of times I think it's easier for us to talk about how we, how we deploy our capital in terms of are we using that capital in, in a loanership investment or in an ownership investment? And so let's break down loanership investments a little bit. What you're doing with a loanership investment, you've got capital, you're going to loan it out to somebody. You're really loaning money to a company. So now you're something called a bondholder. You're loaning money to a company, and in return, you expect a specific amount of interest to be paid for you for using your capital, and you want the return of your capital at a future date. So in the meantime, that company gets to use your loan to help run and grow their business. Now, on the opposite side, an ownership investment those are called stockholders. And here you're, you're giving your capital to a company and in exchange, you're getting equity ownership in the business. Rather than loaning it, you're investing it. And in exchange, that company gets to use your money to, to try to grow their business. And you expect a return for your ownership. So using the financial capital of loaners and owners, along with other resources, a business tries to produce goods and services that can be sold for a profit and as providers of that financial capital, you're really expecting some kind of return for your money. And the capital markets is where this competition for both the capital and the expected returns all comes together. You know, there's an expectation of an adequate return for the terms and risk of your investment. And so to understand how you need to let markets work for you, you really need to think a little bit about that, that risk and return and how closely related they are. We don't always think about that relationships in terms of expected return for the risk we're taking, 
we tend to focus a little bit more on, on just the return. So when we tell people, hey, you need to let the markets work for you, it's really trying to help people understand you know, a couple things. That one, inflation is a headwind against us every day. We don't always see it. We're trying to get you to understand that you have capital and you need to put that capital to work. And when you put that capital to work, you have an expected return. And so what we're trying to get you to do is to understand to put that capital to work in a way that gives you the expected return that you need, right? To, to not just focus on the return, but to focus on, on what your expected return will be. So the fourth step of the better investment experience is to understanding that you need to let the markets work for you. Throughout history, markets have rewarded investors for the capital they supply. You know, people respect the positive return on that capital. Otherwise, they just go out and spend it or do other things with it. But if you're going to invest it, you, you, you expect a return on it. Historically speaking, the equity and bond markets have provided growth of wealth that has more than offset inflation. Scott, there's a couple of things here that I absolutely love. I love loanership and ownership. That's a brilliant way to look at this. And I love your statement about risk and return are closely related, but we don't always think about their relationship. We'd like to expect a rate of return, but we don't focus on the rate of risk. That was magnificent. And those are huge things that I'm personally going to take home, and I know our listeners are too. So if if I want to let the capital markets work for me, how do I go about figuring out which companies to loan my money to or which ones I should buy? ownership in? Yeah, that's a great question. And and the answer to that is coincidentally step number five uh, in the 10 steps to a better investment experience. We call it take the right risks. And so what we've been talking about in in all of these podcasts um, is the first one, understanding market pricing. The second one, don't try to outguess the market. The third one, don't chase past performance. Today, let markets work for you. Really understand what um, what inflation does and what the capital markets can provide to you and really understand the expected return and the risk you're willing to take. So to answer that question, we need to understand how to take the right risks. And that's what you need to tune in for on our next podcast. Fantastic. Thank you, Scott, for today. You bet, Matt. And we'll see you guys on the other side of the mic when we start talking about the step number five to a better investment experience. Thank you for listening to Enlightened Discipline, brought to you by Better Wealth proudly serving Silicon Valley for over 15 years. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and at betterwealth.us, where Scott will share his insight on how to stay on track, in control, and achieve what matters.